0: Welcome to Talking Instinct, the podcast series from Instinct HR that shares insights and ideas to help you inspire and engage your teams and the people around you. Our guests include inspiring leaders, small business owners, coaches, well-being experts and financial experts. Today we welcome Daniel Dorr, founder and CEO of Assured Thought. How are we doing, Dan?
1: Hi Darren, thanks for inviting me on. Really appreciate it.
0: Ah, you're welcome. Really good to uh, really good to catch up with you again. So um, I guess this uh, this podcast series is all about uh, it's all about people centric uh, inspirational leaders, and felt really appropriate to be spending some time with yourself. I'm I'm, I'm sure there's loads of exciting stuff you can uh, you can share with our listeners today, but. Um, be good if you could start, really. I guess just by giving a little bit of an introduction to yourself, uh, who you are, your, your family, what you do for work, and that kind of thing, really.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, thank and thank and thanks for the intro. Um, so uh, yeah, so so my name is Daniel Dore, and um, I've been running my business now for just over five years, uh, which is a QA and uh, testing consultancy. And um, prior to that, I was contracting for a long time, working at various companies, and one of which is Boots, where we met, of course, Um, but also many other blue chips as well. Um, And uh, yeah, so in terms of personal life, got um, uh, married with with two children who are uh, just getting to the point where they're going to be leaving home. So that's exciting and probably a new chapter in my life. And um, yeah, I mean, and and generally, no, life's good. Life's good. We're, We're very lucky
0: brilliant brilliant and and, and is, is that the kind of scenario where they're about to leave home and never return or are they likely to come back in a few years time like like one of mine did
1: yeah i think it's still it's still university days so it's going to be definitely coming and going i think and it's um, yeah. it's about just being there supporting them when they, when they need it isn't it
0: yeah yeah it definitely is. it definitely is it's great to see them
1: uh, it's great to see them
0: uh fan their wings out and uh and start to fly a little bit yeah exactly so, uh, so, um, so you talked about uh, you talked about testing, quality and assurance, and 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 like you say, your your current business, Assured thought that you've been doing for about five or six years now. Um, I guess for, for our listeners may not have a deep understanding of what uh, you know quality assurance testing is all about. So, how would you describe what it is that you you, you do at a short thought?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, so. Fundamentally, all companies now rely on IT, computer systems to operate. And it be it back, back office functions, such as HR, finance, um, and, you know, and, and et cetera, but also front office type systems that are fundamental to the business. So EPOS systems um, in finance, there's the banking platforms, which we all know and love from our phones and, our, and going on the website. So basically, pretty much all companies in the world now are IT companies just selling different types of things, um, and, and, and companies have realized this. Um, to a certain extent, a lot of the computer systems can be bought off the shelf, but for, for many businesses, there's, there's computer systems that are going to be very specific to them, and very specific to their people, and very specific to their business processes as well, um, because all, different, all businesses operate in a slightly different way. Fundamentally, what Assured Thought do is we work with our clients and ensure that when they make changes to those computer systems or implement new computer systems, that before they go what we call live, before the actual users start using it, and that can be their employees or customers, that we know that that computer system will work. And by working, we mean it will capture the data correctly, it will store that data correctly, it will display the right information on the screen, it will, part, it, will, it will fit in with the business processes for that company. And maybe most importantly, for the users of that computer system, it will be very simple and easy for them to use and it, there shouldn't be any complexity. Um, and you know, as we know, if, if computer systems go wrong, it can make world news and you know there's there's many examples of you know, for example the um the tsb migration that went down and basically no one could access their account for three or four weeks yeah. that can destroy companies and and that was that was that bowled down to a computer bug which is what we as testers try to find yeah so yeah i mean computer systems are, are, are the lifeblood of companies these days and so, assured thought through the testing and quality assurance we we do, and there's obviously many more facets to it than uh, than, than meets the eye. Um, we we fundamentally helping these companies ensure that their computer systems work and continue to work as they would expect them to. Yeah.
0: So, so in essence, when you do a cracking job, um, nobody really talks about it because it all works smoothly as it should be
1: absolutely yeah exactly and and that's one of the hardest things because you know i think a lot of companies see testing as as an overhead it's something you know that they all buy a bit of computer software from the vendor because the salesman said how brilliant this new bit of software is um and as a consequence they think well why do we need to do testing this thing's going to work beautifully um now, there's, there's a couple of aspects to that. First of, first of all, the computer software doesn't always work as well as the salesman says it will. But also what a lot of companies forget is that computer software needs to fit in with the business processes and the people. And that's, you know, yeah. that's really the most important part of testing. But as you say, I mean, it's it's one of the difficult sales for what we do is how you justify the cost of testing. Um and it's very simple to sell um, the benefits of testing when they've experienced a major outage. Um, there is there is one of our, I uh, won't, won't name names of course, but a client of ours experienced a, um, a computer bug that ended up, co- one computer bug that cost them a million pounds to rectify. Now there's there's your business case for doing software testing because if, if they'd done it at the time, that would have easily been found and rectified at a far less cost and far less embarrassment and um and integrity lost as well in their business so so yes it's it's one of those testing is one of those things that feels it's a bit like getting your car mot no one really wants to pay for it but if you don't do it then you soon get issues
0: yeah yeah you've you've reminded me of uh I guess my daughter's attitude to her car. Which she's uh, she bought herself quite a few years ago before she went to uni, and um, yeah, her kind of attitude to testing her car is um, yeah, at least a lot to be desired. I remember we 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 got some uh, some new tyres uh, a couple of a couple of months back, and uh, I think one of the conversations around the car was uh, where was whereabouts is the engine dab, and it's like hmm, okay, that's the that's the level <laughs> we're dealing with. I'm guessing you get a lot of different, different standards of, uh, of, of, of understanding and awareness in your work as well. But uh, yeah, there's that, that, a scary thought. Where's the engine? Mm, yeah, I yeah know, know. absolutely. I failed as a father. <laughs> Fatherly failing number one, that one. Um, <laughs> so how, um, if you look back at your, your, your career um, and where you first started in work, I guess I'm curious to understand how, how, how somebody gets into testing. It's, it's quite specialised, isn't it, in it, by its nature um how did that all kind of uh, uh, build up and arrive at that point
1: yeah no no absolutely so i mean my i started career at a young age when i in the in the late 80s and um at that point testing quality assurance wasn't even a thing yeah. it was just you know uh, the, all development was done on mainframes in those days and the developers tested as they went along and um, you know, so it, it wasn't, it, it, as a developer did their coding, they made sure it worked and that was testing. It wasn't a discipline as such. It wasn't a separate team. It wasn't a separate person. Um, and, and, you know, I was really lucky. I started off doing, uh, working for a company down in Surrey, who were specialists at migrating uh, big companies from one mainframe system to another. And, you know, I, I started work when I was 18 and, and and I didn't actually know how good the people were that I was working with. I was really lucky and I was there for eight years and, and my knowledge um, and skills within IT and computing and programming and coding just went through the roof. Again, mm. without really knowing about it, you you know, you just do this work and, and you just assume everyone knows it. Um, and then it was probably uh it was about i think it was 1998 end up getting a contract with the bbc which was the on the year 2000 program and and that was the first time i think that testing and quality assurance really came into the public domain as, as a discipline because all these computer systems are out there and there's obviously this big scare that on the at the point that we tipped over into the the new millennium yeah that all these computer systems would stop working now, there's there's many people that believe that would never have happened. But believe me, there was a whole industry came out of that. And I was lucky enough to work at the BBC. And um, some of the systems I had to ensure were going to be compliant include, included the the um, the ticker tape on, on Match of the Day that told you the scores, the weather systems. So it was really cool stuff that, you know, yeah. the, the systems that, that... Even the Eurovision Song Contest um, uh, points computer system we had to make sure that was all going to work it was quite funny but you know after after the year 2000 when I finished working for the BBC at that point testing and QA were a thing it was an it was a skill set it was a discipline that you could actually really focus your career on and I took that decision to to focus on testing and quality assurance Mm. and sort of become instead of becoming a jack of all trades and doing project management doing Doing whatever it might be, um, I decided to major on um, testing and quality assurance, and yeah. and that was my career. And, and I and I built up my career from there. And um, uh, you know, did test, did the test lead, did did test management, uh, won awards through through the work I did. Um, and that was how really I got into testing and quality assurance. And as we're we'll talking about a bit, hopefully, is that you know that was the catalyst to then look at creating setting up my own company
0: yeah that's 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 uh, it's an interesting journey isn't it and frankly I, I guess you look back and you probably think how lucky you were to be involved in a project of its nature in 1998 with with a you know a corporation such as the bbc so uh, yeah i can imagine you a little bit kid in a sweet shop for, for, for a period of time on, uh, on that was, kind of work
1: was, i mean... No, I think the BBC is such an iconic organisation, isn't it? Mm. And I've got so much time for it and respect for it. And and to be able to work at the BBC and go to what well, the old Television Centre at Shepherd's Bush, yeah, so go to um, the the radio studios on Regent Street and and even some of the local radio stations was was a real buzz. I mean, I you know I love I love radio, I love music, and to be able to see you know that in real life was was awesome. And then to feel like, you know, I had a little role to play in, in ensuring that the BBC systems, let's face it, you know, most people would probably be watching or, you know, the BBC at the, at the stroke of midnight to know that everything was going to be working okay was was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was good fun, good days. Yeah,
0: I can, I can imagine. And that's, um, you must, you talk about the people and the people you work with in the early stages of your career and clearly that, you know, the influence they have, the experience and uh, they, you know they give you and what your learnings you take from that um any, any kind of any memories or of of you know individuals who particularly inspired you at that early point to uh to lead you to the point that, that you're in today
1: um i was i've, I've been thinking about this I, there's there's probably for me there's probably not one single person that was my you know was the the, the instrumental inspiration for me to to, to do what I do and learn what I did and, and behave the way I did. But I was definitely lucky to have worked over my career and still now to work with some fantastic people. And I think, I think you know, maybe all of us do this, but we take, you know, we, we observe behaviors. And we, we observe the way um, people react to situations and, and the way they deal with stress or challenges or whatever it might be and you know and i and i feel i feel like i've learned from lots of individuals and picked up the sort of the 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 nuggets that you know i've then sort of you know taken on board for myself and you know there's people at the beginning of my career that that were you know in my first company it was we worked really hard but it was also really really fun place to work and and i've always wanted to instill that in our company as well we you know i want it to be a fun place to work i want Mm company that's got empathy for their staff and and care about them and everyone to feel included and and as part of it and that was that's something I definitely took from the first company I was at and the and the leaders at that company yeah um but also you know it's it's you know I've worked with other people that um I I've I witnessed firsthand how they took incredibly complex problems or situations or projects and then really simplified them and boiled them down to, right, what are the key aspects? What are stepping stones to deliver fantastic results and outcomes for this particular project or organisation? Mm. And again, that's something that I've taken into my new business. And, you know, we're all about simplicity and, and not overcooking um, the, the egg and, and making sure that, you know, whatever we do is, 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 is done in a way such that, that it doesn't blow people's mind we don't want to we want to keep things simple It's no it's, complexity is is just you know it, it can kill projects and and uh and elongate them as well um so yeah i've been really lucky and i guess i guess ultimately you know one of my 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 inspiration was was my dad um at the beginning who ran his own company um so during, during the period i was a teenager I, I i watched him build a company up a successful business and um, and and you know and, and he made mistakes as well, which is you know, part of everything, isn't it? We need to learn from those mistakes and mm. and uh, build on those. And so yeah, he was maybe a, a, you know all, all all the way through my career. I've always wanted to work for myself. I always wanted to be my own boss. Contracting allowed me that to a certain extent, mm. um, but I think that the, the logical next step was to then create a company whereby. Um, I could create something beyond just me, and it was, you know, bringing other people into the company, and to um, build something that we can all be proud of, and, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, not only give people employment, but also give people a place where they can enjoy working and 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 feel like they actually do have a purpose and have autonomy, um, and are able to, um, you know, to get out of bed and be excited about their day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that aspiration, and ambition to create something beyond just me, is, is is a powerful thing, isn't it? You know, I think is there's a step that goes from being employed, you know, working uh, you know, in corporate worlds, uh, you know, being uh, having a boss, to having the freedom of, you know, as you describe, being a consultant, but albeit you're probably still on somebody else's agenda to some degree. So then have your own business is uh, what I've found in the last you know 15 months or so is it, it creates a new a new way of thinking gives new levels of energy you know I, I think that's a brilliant uh, brilliant strap line actually for, you know for, for you to um, I guess measure yourself against you know create something that's uh, beyond just me I, I really like that I mean thanks what was your sorry sorry Dan go on
1: yeah, I was just saying, it's just, it's not just about making money, is it? And and you know, I think yeah. you know, certainly nowadays, I think a lot of companies have have have, have realised this that that their customers, their clients, the next generations, they want to know what companies are doing about um, diversity, about. Um, you know, the the, uh, the the issues with global warming and, and all these sorts of things. Now, it, 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 you know, none of us on our own can fix these things, but companies these days need to have that social conscience. And, you know, what I love about running a company is, yes, we need to make money because we obviously need to pay our staff and and, and expand and grow. But hopefully we can also make a difference, you know, by, by delivering some of the projects we do in the most efficient, cost-effective way. Mm. We can you know, we can d- deliver outcomes for our clients that are, are, are far greater. And, you know, it also gives us freedom to then look at how we can support various charities and initiatives and and what have you that, that, that you know, is not only great for us as individuals and our employees and, um, you know, obviously for, for the company as well, but hopefully we can make a difference to this world we all live in. And, you yeah. know, and it's, we, we've all got to think, we've all got to start thinking that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. We, we are we are most definitely only here for a very short period of time in the in the grand scheme of things, aren't we? And I, I often think,
1: increasingly
0: think, you know, certainly events of the last 18 months have um you really forced us to look very differently at um, I guess as you know employees looking for employers, I, I think that's now a very different um, a different thing than it used to be, you know. I I guess whether well, working. A company's social conscience, you know, their their flexible working policies, and um, I think employees have are making different decisions and, and probably taking a different kind of work potentially for less money, for a better work life balance, for a better culture, you know, uh, uh, within an organization. Um, and equally, I think a, a company's clients, a, a company's customer yeah, clients, they will choose. Uh, your customers will will choose your company based upon different principles, I think, than perhaps we did 18 months two years ago. So which, which feels a very healthy thing, doesn't it? You know?
1: Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And I think you've you hit you the nail on the head. And you know, you're right. It's um it's not just about offering the highest salary anymore. Um, a lot of employers, employees um, are especially the younger generation, but I think also you know our generation as well, the, the even you know, 50, 60 plus they, they don't, there's more to life, isn't there? And work-life balance, absolutely. Mental health um, and companies that are, are, you know, are keen to um, embrace diversity and all those sorts of great things. Um, absolutely. If you're not, if you're if companies aren't doing that, then they're not going to attract the right type of people. And that's certainly, you know, we, we want... We want people that are ambitious and excited and passionate and all those sorts of things and you know as a company we need to we you know we need to display those um beliefs as well and live it and breathe it
0: yeah well yeah and i suspect that your your business will uh will live and die on 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 the basis of the quality of your your people that that work for you that represent your business you know so is about the output of the work but it's also about them as as humans as well I suspect. Uh, so uh, yeah would i be right in suggesting that companies choose you on that basis really if, if, yeah I mean, I, well i hope so
1: i mean I, I don't know if they choose us on that basis to start with but that's i believe the reason they stay with us and that what yeah. that's what gives us longevity in our relationships with our clients um, you know, I was talking to um, a lady a few days ago who wants to join Assured Thought and um, she's at a company at the moment that has just gone into receivership. And, and I mean, I've spoken to her three years ago and, and just reconnected and, um, and we had a really lovely chat and she just, you know, she it, it was, it was about um it's about how we want to work as a partnership with our employees and and it's it's not just a you know master and servant type relationship but we were talking about how um you know when when our guys are on the ground in clients we're working with our clients it's the testing and quality assurance skills are given as far as i'm concerned but what what really is the magic source is that we always provide great people for our clients they're very personable. They're very good at talking to the business users, the stakeholders, all those sorts of people. Um, they're smart. They're intelligent. They understand that business. They understand how that business works and finance, particularly, which is where we niche is, is incredibly complex. And you know, you know, like like most businesses, there's all these acronyms and and words and phrases that are unique to that business. And you know, all of these things together. Um, mean that you know our clients love the work we do and we deliver the outcomes but they also love working with our people and our people love working with them and and so although it might not be the, the reason why they chose us in the first place it's certainly the reason they stay with us and work with us and and I think just to some sort of uh, cap that off is that when you get when you get to that situation as a business whereby you you've got that magic sort of ingredient and you've got the right people. The money kind of just flows in afterwards. You know, you don't, you, you know, you you don't focus on on revenue and bottom line constantly. You focus on the relationship with the clients and delivering their outcomes and making sure your team are as happy as they can be and have got everything they need to do yeah. the job they need to do. And then the money just comes after that, which is which is great. And that's that's a, a much nicer way for us to work because um, everyone's happy ultimately.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's such. such an important thing it's actually a really powerful thing and it it, you know i I guess through conversations i have with people every day really it's it's about relationships built over time you know based on you know values and and, and trust and yeah i I guess a a client may initially choose you on cost Uh, if if then how that relationship develops and flourishes over time And, and for you i imagine repeat business is just a massive compliment isn't it you know um,
1: oh yeah, it's the best compliment you can get as a business, isn't it? You know, um, you know that longevity of, uh, and you know when when I when I speak to some of our clients and and they the feedback I get from for, for our team members is just is just overwhelming and and it's you know it's so complimentary and of course we get the odd issue every company does but the ninety percent of the feedback is is positive and it's about. You know the value that this person's had, how they've gone above and beyond what they were expected to do, mm-hmm. the way they've dealt with the business and the SMEs and the stakeholders in in such a way as to 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 get stuff done ultimately. And yeah, yeah it's it's really lovely. It's the best feedback, and and ultimately that does lead to repeat business, which is which is awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and I guess when you've got that relationship, of course, and it's a strong one,
1: uh, you
0: deal with those difficulties in in in, in much more efficient and effortless way whereas actually if it's a little bit of a anxious relationship there's pressures of cost and time and money
1: uh yeah you have a different field yeah you have grown up conversations with your clients and you know clients also have their you know times when when their own side of the deal falls down or doesn't quite work as expected but you know, you don't get you don't get uppity about it on either side, and you just give each other a call and say, right, we've got this issue, let's let's work it through. And you know, it, it's it, you know, there's there's no problem that can't be solved. That's my view, and it's um it's yeah. just finding the solution through to it. And and so yeah, that those grown up conversations with clients are great because that's a level of maturity with your relationship that you need to get to. You don't want to be getting to the point when you're just getting an email with, you know, we've got this problem. You need to sort it out and you know and, and it all becomes very threatening and horrible that's um, that's not healthy and yeah we wouldn't want you know we, we with the clients we work with we have really healthy relationships yeah
0: that's fantastic and i sense from what you, you talked about earlier um your focus in a short thought um sounds like it's very much around uh the financial world uh which as you say quite right i'm sure is riddled with its own complexity but I feel very niche. I guess you, you know, for the nature of work you do, and then um, you know, the vast majority of businesses now clearly uh, running uh, technology and want that to be efficient and uh, give help give them their uh, their USP. But um, so, what what kind of led you to uh, almost niching, if you like, with financial uh, services businesses?
1: Um, okay, well, I, I was I was working with a wealth management firm, and uh, so for a number of years, and so I really, really got to understand that world. But I've also worked in retail banking, investment management, um, and private banks, and and realised that that you know they've got such complexity within their computer systems, and and primarily the reason for that is because. Um, they are quite niche companies themselves. Although we think in, of banking as being ubiquitous, there's actually not that many banks about. There's not that many wealth management firms about. So mm-hmm. there's not that much software about. And so a lot of the software um, is is kind of developed either in house or it's by a software developer who may not be as mature as you know the big boys, the big girls, the the, the Microsofts, etc. And and therein lies a problem because the quality of the software isn't necessarily as good as it could be. Yeah. Um, so I, I learned that world and, and I guess you build up a network within that world as well of, of finance and particularly wealth management, investment management and private banking. That's where we really focus our efforts um, because they've got some very unique uh, third party interfaces they have to work with. They've got very unique computer systems. They've got very unique business processes, front, middle, and back office. Um, And, you know, the people that work within those industries have got their own language, their own acronyms, um, their way of working. Um, And when we set up Assured Thought, you know, I always wanted it to be a very niche company. I wanted us to focus on a very unique market and do that better than anybody else, which is what I believe we are doing now. Yeah. where we can't compete with the big four or five you know they can work across many different industries and verticals um, but what we want to do is, is really focus on that niche and that doesn't mean to say we won't work with other clients of course it won't but it means that everything we do everything we talk about on the website on the blogs on the podcasts, etc can be very focused on that industry and that means that we become known within that industry as well um and as you can imagine like many other industries it's a small world people move companies and they don't tend to move very far and so you know as a consequence of that you know when someone might move from one of our clients to a new company they might well give us a ring because they know that we know what we're talking about we know we know those computer systems we understand their world You understand their particular challenges You know, so, for example, in finance, the regulatory landscape is unbelievably complex. And again, it's very unique to that industry. But as a company, as a short thought, we know all about those regulatory challenges that these companies face and the importance of them. You know, the huge fines they can they're liable to and actually even imprisonment for some of the senior directors within companies if they fail and any of that stuff so we can build that trust up so we've so you know niching is very important to us and i would say for any company setting out really think about what your niche is who are the who are the customers the clients you really want to serve and do it better than anybody else um and in the way i've seen it you know if you think of a a a board, the niche is that bullseye and that's what we focus on but the, the the circles around the edge are still companies that we can serve. Of course, we can. We do testing and quality assurance, but we want to be known in the in the marketplace as the best company out there for what we. do. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Okay, so I guess I was I was thinking, Dan, just just listening to you there. Um, the the name of your thought. It is it's, it's a fascinating one i guess it for me it could say a whole variety of things you know particularly about your business and your clients and uh, etc but how did you arrive at that name where, where did that come from
1: um gosh it, it took way too long and a holiday in america constantly trying to think about it um it's it's the hardest thing coming up with a company name and and I really wanted to have a company name where I could get the dot com which is so important these days and and I guess it sort of so I, I then was thinking about the the two words adding two words together but ultimately um like you say there's sort of multiple meanings to assured thought which is what I quite like about it and Fundamentally, what testing and quality assurance is all about is providing assurance to clients that their systems work as they would want it to be. So, so that was really where the assured element came from. And it, I also wanted to convey the, you know, if you put your trust in us, you, we, you know, we'll assure you that we will deliver the outcomes that, that are really important for you as well as our clients. And, and the thought was really about we don't want to be, we, we, we're not just providing bodies, we don't want to just, you know, crank the handle and uh, and 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 submit the invoices. All our people we that we bring on that work with uh, you know our consultants to work with our clients are smart people and they think about problems and they think about the most efficient way of solving those problems to give our clients the right outcome. And so, that, so you know, Long story short, it was kind of about the amalgamation of two words that kind of started to represent what we're about as a company and. And it's very difficult when it's your company because you never really, you know, that that company name is just, you know, you're too close to it. And it's always interesting to hear what other people's view of it and when they first hear it is like. But I've never had any uh, negative uh, comments. They've always been positive. So I'll take that.
0: Yeah, that's great. And you reminded me of the time when I I guess I chose mine. It's. And it's my like, gosh! It is super hard. And you come up with a great idea, and you get excited about it, and you realise you can't use it. You know. So, um, but yeah, I think it's uh, for me, it's very clever use of the two words, particularly uh, relative to what you do and I guess how your clients perceive you. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm conscious we spoke a lot about a lot of that work really, and I'm interested to find out a little bit more about Dan. Um, and I, I kind of remember Dan must have been 2006 2008 um uh, fitness guru uh we, we had some uh, we worked on a big hr project didn't we for boots uh over a period of years around that time um and we uh we were quite full on with our fitness regimes weren't we, we had some pretty beasting sessions in the uh, in the company gym as i remember but is that is that kind of thing still so important to you are you uh
1: yeah, how do you how do you relax and keep fit and healthy? Really? Yeah. yeah, it is. A, yeah, it was a, it was a strange time when we worked together because I I just I was just in my late thirties, and so um, and this is a common journey for a lot of men, I think, and maybe women. I don't know, but um, is the sort of in your twenties you can just eat what the heck you like and drink what you want and you can still be skinny as a rake, and then you hit your thirties and you do less stuff. Children turn up. You, you, you seem to spend most of your time sort of sitting around watching them and suddenly you can't eat what you want anymore and you can't treat what you want and just sort of your stomach starts to expand and it was a bit of a shock for me so we were lucky weren't we we were we were to the boots head office and they had a fantastic gym on site and uh we we had some great guides that used to sort of take us down there and we used to and and that's really I, I must admit you know because you know going to the gym was never something i did but that that inspired me to start going to the gym yeah. and i still go to the gym now but maybe not quite as often i i personally i love going out running that's my that's my release that's you know sticking some earplugs plugs in and just sticking on a pair of trainers and and, and running out the front door and and doing you know and just not not even timing myself anymore just running for the sake of running and, and enjoyment and where I live I'm very lucky you know I'm in the countryside so that's that's a massive stress reliever but it's also a time when I can really think about stuff as well and churn stuff over and work out what my priorities are so so running is still really important um, and then you know I guess my other happy place is probably in a kind of um, a, you know in a, in a small and and sweaty uh music club listening to (laughs) listening to a gig listening to live music and usually some sort of indie guitar band or do me just fine and and that's where you know with friends and with, with my wife and and it's just that that's where i'm probably at my happiest and and just watching people on stage create you know the creativity and 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 watching them play instruments and then just getting involved with music is just awesome i love it and going to festivals and and anything to do with music i love so yeah those those are really i I don't jump out of planes i don't do anything like that i'm very boring when it comes to that i've got no desire to do anything like that and you know I, i often hear people say all men should have a hobby but um but for me it's it's really simple i just like running and i like listening to live music and then spending time with the family and traveling and you know the the pretty standard stuff that most all of us love doing
0: yeah yeah which which is you know kids grow up fast it's it's so important to make the, the most of the special time we have before they they, they, they they they're beyond their childhood but we've definitely got some common ground i think with the uh, the music scene because that's yeah, for me that's one thing i've missed so much you know uh, okay live small intimate gigs uh in nottingham based in nottingham as you know so place like rock city rescue rooms bodega really small for the venues and miss it so much either with you know with friends or family uh, and my kids were old enough you know pre-lockdown to you know come to these places with me but um yeah that's that's certainly my happy place so uh, always nice to have something in the uh in the diary for the future so i'm guessing you know as restrictions lift, you've got some uh, some dates scheduled for uh, for some live music events. Have you coming up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we're off to Newquay in August to Boardmasters, which I can't wait for. I haven't, I've never been to Boardmasters. We usually go to Latitude, and um, it's going to be nice to be you know in Cornwall by the coast and and the Gorillas are playing and the Folds and there's a great lineup, up. So I can't wait for that. And and uh, yeah, I've just actually this morning got tickets to see Johnny Marr and Camden. So um, you know to have those in a diary and 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 there's there's this yeah, real pent-up energy isn't there i think it's you know it's not just the the audience either i think the the performers have got this pent-up energy they can't wait to get out either so i think the the, the gigs will be electric you know yeah. they really will when when they really kick off in earnest and hopefully everyone can do it safely and and really enjoy it can't wait can't wait yeah i
0: think it, it's a nice uh it's a nice recipe isn't it because you often you often set up to a gig and you know you're just willing the band to do well and they might not be doing, you know they, they could be off form and you'll still love it whereas actually there's that anticipation that's not on both sides now i think yeah we're in for a special a few months ahead
1: yeah without that so what's
0: um what's next for for you then dan and uh business-wise uh, a short thought where do you see that going in, in into the future
1: um uh, really exciting and um i, I guess from from a short thought's point of view, we've now we've now taken on a managing director who's who's landed brilliantly. And he's um he's really sort of taken on a lot more of the operational type work um, from myself. And from my point of view, I'm gonna really focus now on building out the the leadership team effectively and the admin team to so that the business can start really running. Uh, smoothly and we've got the right people in place to ensure that you know we're serving our customers the best we can we've obviously got a pipeline of new customers coming in we've got a way of ensuring that our staff are happy and content and um, they've got everything they need to do the best job they can Um, and also obviously finding new talents as well which is always challenging so it's really about building the company out now and expanding it and 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 taking it somewhere new, taking it to um you know, to a new level of scale that we we kind of haven't been able to achieve before. And you know, we've done incredibly well in the last five years based on pretty limited resources. But you know, I think uh you know, there's a real, you know, because of COVID, a lot of big programs are put on hold. And so a lot of companies now are very keen to sort of accelerate their digital transformation journey. And a short thought, are really well placed to support them on that. And we've got the skills to, to to help help clients. And so, you know, I think from my point of view, it's very much about take, taking a step out of the day-to-day running of the business and starting to put the piece of the jigsaw in place that mean that the business, you know, if I'm not around for two weeks, a month, the business can still absolutely function with, without any concerns whatsoever. And, and, you know, I think that's an important role of any Leader within a company that they almost need to take themselves out of the equation. And, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I guess, and, you know, it sounds a bit grand to say that, but, you know, I enjoy the ideas. I enjoy implementing new ideas. I enjoy putting in the processes and methodologies that enable others to do the best job they can. And if you're not careful, you can get dragged into the day to day. Your functional work, which just kills your time and actually doesn't add too much value. And you know, I think where you know what we'd like to do is actually really focus on right. How can we make what we do for our clients even better? What other services would they want? Do they need that solve their problems? And and really start to focus on that aspect of it. And so I'm really excited about that. And um, you know, we're we're well on that well on our way to that journey now. And so you know, I think that will probably take us. Yeah, that's our five-year plan is to is to build the business out to probably um, you know times 10 in size and revenue and all the rest of it to to a place where you know who knows what happens we'll see what happens after that exciting
0: sounds like a really exciting future ahead and i i guess it is as, as you referenced it. it's about having quality people around you, you know, to enable you to be um best you can be you know the entrepreneur the ideas guy and and, and then bring in that to life as well with with those capable people around you it sounds like you've got uh, an exciting five years ahead that actually it really does
1: yeah we, well you, you know it's there's there's i'm no no comp no company owner or or manager can do everything we know that and um, but we when we run a small company you you almost have to at the beginning but at some point, you've got to you've got to bring in the people that do that better than you do, and you know I think that's true for any leader in any sort of you know be you, if you work if you're permanent or running your own business whatever it might be, you know I know uh, you know it's quite a common saying you always hire people smarter than you, and 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 I really do try try my best to do. It's not too hard for me, but it's you know it's uh, it's, it's so important because it's. Um, you know, you bring in someone that can bring new ideas and, and new thinking and, and it transforms your business and, you know, yeah. you you're not all down to you then, you know, which can be when it is all down to you, that's incredibly stressful and hard. And so, you know, I've learned, you know, that by bringing in smart people that can do stuff better than you, it alleviates so much pressure. Suddenly something that was a real pain in your backside is no, you know, you don't even think about it anymore. And, and that's what it's all about for me. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. You touched earlier on, I guess, diversity and the importance of that in the workplace. And frankly, you know, that, that's a prime example. You know, different thinking, different ideas, and creates just very so many new and different possibilities that, on your own with your own thinking, you'd, you'd be quite restricted and limited. You, I guess. So, if, um, if people want to, to track your your journey and your progress, where where can our listeners find out more about Dan? More about. Uh, assured thoughts and, and and see what's happening in the future
1: um, okay there's probably the two the two primary locations are first of all our website which is www.assuredthought.com and that's very uh, there's there's a lot more information we need to add on the website but that's that obviously gives us uh, gives people a view of what our company does and the types of companies we serve and what services we can offer um, and then, apart from that, it's probably LinkedIn. So, if you search for Daniel Dor, Dore D O R E on LinkedIn, you'll 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 soon find me, hopefully. And um, you know that's where I post various messages and and ideas and thoughts and um, you know and the latest stuff that we as a company are up to as well. So, so yeah, so no, so that's that's, that's those are the best locations.
0: Fantastic. So, um, look, thank you for your time today. Um, fantastic uh, talking to you finding out uh, much more about you about, you, about your business and, and certainly about your future thank you to our listeners as well hopefully uh they've got some little nuggets and value out of the, the conversation and uh, do uh, do look out for dan in those locations if you want to know more uh, going forward so uh, great spending time with you dan thank you
1: Yeah, thanks, Darren. And yeah, I mean, you know, people have more anyone, any listener who wants to ask questions, feel free to reach out. But also, Darren, thank you so much for inviting me on. I know you're on your own journey with Instinct HR, and and you're doing fantastic work. And I know you do you do some brilliant work for us already. The service you provide for us is just awesome. And um, yeah, I'm really, you know, the, the podcast that I've listened to so far has just been so enlightening. And Full of great information so keep up the good work it's been and it's been a real pleasure to join you today
0: brilliant it's good to hear thanks dan speak again soon thanks a lot
1: yes